Welcome to the sixth episode of Pillow Talk NT. And an extra welcome to those who are tuning in for the first time on iTunes and Google Play rather than just SoundCloud. Yeah, we're trying to branch out. Welcome to Pillow Talk and Tea. Oh, I'm gonna try that again. Tea. I know what I said, Ashley. Love yourself first. <laughs> Love yourself, 2K18. That makes me sound like um, a total neat freak organization. Because of that. type. Thank you. I love Slippery so much. I really like Broccoli, so. I forgot what I was gonna say. I lost my train of thought. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ashley. And I'm Margaret. This week's episode, we'll be discussing the concept of love versus lust. We're talking about friends with benefits, the emotional desire for intimacy, terms and conditions for relationships, and determining whether you are in love or in lust with your significant other. Before we jump in, uh, here's a quick reminder that we are on a variety of social media accounts, uh, social media platforms, rather, sorry, um, <laughs> just like Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Pillow Talk, the letter N-T. So feel free to give us a follow and uh, share us and keep up with what we're doing. Yeah, so to start us off, Margaret found a Tumblr post that inspired this whole discussion topic. I guess you could say it tumbled into my hands. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> The post was titled, Intimacy Does Not Always Mean Sex. Um, And basically, this Tumblr post um, is just talking about some things that I guess they would recommend partners do um, for their significant other that means intimacy. Yeah. I know that you were kind of really skeptical about this Yeah, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion, though, you know? Um, So basically, the first... uh, thing they suggest is wash her hair for her no only my hairdresser and i wash my hair i actually like that though see that's where we differ though is like i'm a very intimate person and i like when people do things for me not because i'm incapable of doing them myself but i feel like it's just a gesture of consideration and love but i feel like you're very like don't touch me i am very don't touch me yeah (laughs) Um, and the next one is help her shave, which, um, again, no. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe not. That's, maybe that's a pass for me because, like... I mean, like, I, I would go to somebody and have them wax me, but I'm hiring them to do that service. I'm paying them for that service. I don't want anybody to shave me. Yeah. I get, like, Especially no, they're like, going to end up cutting me, I guarantee you. Yeah. And, I mean, your body hair should be something that your partner is comfortable with. Yeah. And you should be comfortable with. But I feel like this could definitely work for some people. I just can't see it working for me. I don't see it being very practical. Yeah, not at all. I feel like <laughs> I feel like there might be just like they might cut you, especially if your partner is a male and they're not used to shaving legs or just used to shaving their face. Um, I feel like there's a lot of angles on a face to shave. There is. It's probably more complicated than legs, let's be real. But I just yeah. feel like maneuvering somebody else's body is a little difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one I actually think is, you know, a good one. Yeah? Yeah. Cook a meal together. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Um, mainly? That doesn't necessarily mean intimacy, but I mean it is something to do together. But it also like could be nice. intimate, you know? Like that cliche scene in every movie where they're cooking together and she puts flour on his face or some shit like that. But I, I feel like under cer- certain circumstances... Um, food can be kind of 
weirdly sexual. Like, have you ever heard of an aphrodisiac? Yeah. Um, uh, it's a seafood. Oysters. Um, oysters, yeah, yeah, that's it. aphrodisiacs. So yeah. chocolate and, like, strawberries and stuff. Chocolate's aphrodisiac? Yeah, I believe so, anyways. Oh. Um, okay. I just, don't you think that just makes sense, though? Like, I guess. chocolate is kind of sexual. It has a lot of sexual connotations with it, anyways. Like, that's what you give somebody on Valentine's Day, and that's if you're doing the thing where you are having intercourse with somebody and you're like eating something off of them, it's usually like chocolate or whipped cream or something like that. So, okay. <laughs> I don't get out much. <laughs> uh, the next one is write her a letter about her. No, actually, write it. Um, I like this. I like. I like, I, I do I like this. that, yeah. It means you put thought yeah. into it. I write like about everybody. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> what have welcome. you written about me? I store it all. <laughs> oh, I Sometimes, like, I'm, I'm a very nostalgic person, so I like to go through them and, like, read about... Um, do you have, like, a separate journal for each person? No, it's not that intense. Like, I don't have a, a journal for everyone I know. That's what I picture when you say I write about people. No, I just have, like, a lot of really disorganized... Um, exercise books filled with like random words about people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I find something very sentimental about like writing to someone. I probably because I'm a journalist and I like to write. <laughs> my uh, my friend Joey and I, um, when we were in high school, we were um, in writing class. I think it was. And honest to God, we didn't do a we. We did not do a single ounce of work that entire semester because it was just the two of us, and uh, that was our gossip time. Oh, of course. So well needed. <laughs> we had exercises upon exercises just filled with teeny tiny little writing, and it was like it was all over the place. Like I kept them, and I went back and I looked at them, and Joey looked at them with me, and he was like, "I have no idea." where this is coming from <laughs> like what is happening yeah. me and my friends used to write notes in class too and i still have a bunch of them like we used to just doodle to each other um kind of like checking to see how they're doing like and i kept them all like i keep all of that kind of stuff yeah i get that i used yeah. to i used to write like notes to friends but like I don't know. I feel I feel like writing notes to Joy was just different, you know. Yeah, it was just. That was one the only of those time I really got like to see him too, because he was always with his girlfriend. Yeah, it was time. like just between you two. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, I, I got like yelled that. at a lot. That's okay though. By his girlfriend or? Well, I mean, I I know she hates me. Ah. Uh, uh, but I got yelled at from the teacher too because I oh, wasn't doing Oh, okay, that's what you meant. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the next one is shower together or bathe. And I feel like this could be problematic. Well, if you look at the practical aspects of it, yes. Um, I feel like... Saving water, yeah, but like... (laughs) I mean, like, who has a bathtub big enough for, like, two people to lie there comfortably? Well, that and, like, who has a shower big enough for two people to stand there comfortably? that's much of an issue most like showers are big enough to maybe stand my shower people. is just really tiny maybe but i feel but like then you also have to think of like you know when you're standing in the shower it's comfortably like the whole stream is just comfortably hitting you yeah somewhat um, yeah but so you kind of have so to share like, that between two yeah people. you're gonna be, have to be constantly moving around you know yeah like, 
Yeah, I don't I don't think this is practical, but yes, it is intimate because you know, you wash each other and yeah. stuff like that. And I feel like it has the potential to be really good under certain circumstances, like if you're in a hotel room but like things are significantly uh larger for this type of thing, like they have those walk in showers, that would be yeah. like ideal for that. Yeah. Um and bigger like jacuzzi bathtubs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But <laughs> when you're in a one bedroom apartment like Margaret is uh <laughs> this might be a little bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway body rubs and massages work well especially her feet and booty winky Ooh, face i love massages and i also love giving them so i don't like to be touched i know i mean how do you do you find that like that's difficult when you're in a relationship with somebody like i have for them been to in understand a relationship with somebody in a very long time <laughs> i know but when you were um was it hard for them to comprehend that like you didn't like affection all the time i don't really remember oh okay it hasn't really been that long 2015 and even then we only really like yeah 2015 was my last relationship but we were like on the way out for like all of 2015 you know right so yeah 2014 i guess was that's yeah the last like yeah I find that, like, I have the opposite problem in the sense that, like, I always want intimacy and affection, and I'm not um, overbearing or anything like that. It's just, like, something that I internalize, so I'll think about how much I want affection, but I won't actually outright, um, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so the next one is when she's removing poli- nail polish from her fingers, grab a cotton ball and remove the polish from her toes. Maybe it's because I'm against feet. Maybe it's because I don't wear nail polish, nail polish, which I officially can now because hey, I quit my job. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but I don't know. I just I like that I though like because I feel like my nail polish. <laughs> I'm just apparently just a very independent person. <laughs> I just think that like like reading that's this list, them, I like, feel independent. <laughs> I just feel like that's them like trying to be considerate. Like obviously. I'm capable of taking off my own goddamn nail polish, but that doesn't mean it's not nice when somebody gestures maybe at the fact it, that they can help you maybe it's because like i'm ticklish with my feet maybe yeah I'm maybe like, if it was fingers it would be a little bit different yeah i don't know <laughs> if i if i get in a relationship and i come back to this script and i see it there and i will let you know okay yeah yeah give us the updates yeah but i don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway um after she showers, meet her with a dry towel and dry her off. Now, I actually wouldn't mind that. Oh, really? I'm really lazy after showers. Yeah, me too. Because I just kind of want to my shower down. time is my me time. And, like, if I could just stand there and somebody dried me off, like, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I like that. And I do think that that's really intimate as well. Like, yeah. a part of having, like, a really strong bond with someone is being totally comfortable with being naked and not only in the physical sense but in an emotional sense too um just being completely open and vulnerable like that and i think that's like a really big indicator of trust because mm-hmm. you know a lot of couples still like think that it's normal to always have sex with the lights off and stuff like that and i think that if you're in a relationship with somebody you shouldn't be worried about what your body looks like when you're having intercourse i don't think i've ever had sex with the lights off good like i'm pretty sure i've always been able to see what was happening that's good <laughs> um i actually it's always been lights off for me 
Really? Yeah. Um, even even <laughs> what? Even during your mom's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it was really dark. <laughs> so I guess not totally lights off. <laughs> this is going on the internet. <laughs> that's why. That's why I kind of stopped myself. Oh, fair enough. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, when she's dry. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, when she's dry, rub her down with coconut oil or whatever she prefers. So just, like, moisturize your um, partner. I don't really, like, I, I moisturize myself, like, after I shave, but I don't do it after every shower, you know? I'm trying to work on that because I feel like... I find, like... I feel really good after I do, but yeah, it's just but so time-consuming. I find after I moisturize, I have to, like, not wear clothes until I feel, like, the dry. moisturizer is dry. Yeah, I get that. You so know? it's very time consuming. Like it's a process of first drying yourself off. And then you're just sitting there, maybe in your underwear, maybe you're yeah. naked, and you're just like, Yeah, pretty much. I spend most of my time, like after a shower, naked though. Like, you spend a lot. Ashley once um, Snapchatted me. I was I was asleep at this point, um, and she was Snapchatting me shit faced. And she had just gotten home. I think it was like three thirty in the morning, <laughs> and she was like, "I'm I just ate my weight in McDonald's, but I really want eggs." And then she went into her kitchen and started making eggs, and you know that was fine. And then all of a sudden, she's sending me like videos of her naked <laughs> in her kitchen, like just dancing. I just tried to let myself be familiar with myself as much as possible. What if your parents walked in? Then that would suck for all of us. But like, <laughs> I was too drunk to care at that point. Usually, if I am naked and my parents are home. Like, my door is shut, and there's no way that they're going to come in. Um, but, yeah, I just was really drunk and didn't care, and again, It's really I like cold in my naked. apartment, so I spend all of my time clothed. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I can't pay my heat bill. <laughs> so, the next one is talk about her day, her goals, her opinions. Ashley, to her. how was your day? Um, my day was pretty good. I don't have any sources for my story that's due on Thursday, but... Um, Are you serious still? Yeah. So that's kind of... A I downer, have one. I'm working on it. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm working... I'm really hoping that this person will message me back either later today or something like that. I'm really hoping that somebody will be able to, like, talk to me in person for yeah. it, you know? Yeah, me too. Because, like, I don't know, I'm just stressed out about it right now at this point. Yeah. <laughs> what are your goals? My goals. Um, what is a, what is a short term goal that you have? Short term girl goal is to complete my internship with like that's yeah that's the immediate goal is to do my internship um, at somewhere that I I like somewhere where I'm comfortable. Um, yeah, and I guess another short term goal is to get more views on the podcast. You know. Get more read it, like get more girl. Yeah. My short term goal audience. is to get the uh, get the podcast up on Spotify, and I'm really yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll, at right at this point, it's a waiting game. We have to wait for like it was like what two or three days or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
We're working on it. That's a short-term <laughs> goal that I have. Another short-term goal is to, uh, you know, just, just I don't know, take it week by week, really. Yeah. Like, as long as I'm... <laughs> short-term goal is to get that story done by Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a short-term goal that I have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so it's time for uh, a new segment that um, was brought up because I was I was like, hey, I read a book about this. And Ash was like, oh, I also read a book about this. So it's called Read All About It. Yeah. So um, it's where we talk about a book we've read and, and it has a relation to this week's topic. Yeah. So Margaret actually has this book written by Gary Chapman, who does a bunch of marriage seminars and stuff. Um, he has a B.A. and M.A. in anthropology yeah um it's called the five love languages it's about making relationships last and uh getting the best out of relationships and crap like that i i've read bits of it and stuff like that um just an fyi i'm the loser that cannot that cannot stand love and relationships and 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 all that crap at this point in my life um (laughs) as you can tell i've been single since 2015 and it's uh what 2018 now margaret (laughs) I don't know why I have this book. Did you, like, what was it about? Like, what are the five lo- love languages that... Um, I actually have it in my book bag because I forgot to haul it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. And I'm back. Uh, so basically, um, the five love languages is about, like, um, I'll just read the back of the book. Okay. So simple ideas, lasting love. Between busy schedules and long days, expressing love can fall by the wayside. Um, we forget to compliment, give gifts, just because, to linger in our embrace. Things that say I love you seem to either not get said or not get through. This is a book about saying it and hearing it clearly. No gimmicks. No, no psychoanalyzing. Just learning to express love in your spouse's language. Then there are five love languages. One, words of affirmation. Two, acts of service. Three, receiving gifts. Four, quality time. And five, physical touch. So I did read a bit more of this last night. Again, I don't know when I got this book or even <laughs> where I got it. But, I mean, it's it's really good, you know. Um, so <clears throat> uh, words of affirmation, there was, like, this woman came into Gary Chapman and was like, you know, I'm having this, I'm having a problem, you know, like my husband won't paint the nursery or something like that. And it was like, I can't get him to paint the nursery. He's doing all these other things, but he won't paint the nursery. And he was like, okay, here's a, here's an idea. Don't talk about it. He knows he needs to paint the nursery. Just don't do it. Just don't remind him anymore. And she was like, what? She was like, he was like, does he pay the bills? Does he take out the garbage? She was like, yeah. He was like, well, when he takes out the garbage next or when he pays the bill next, tell him, you know, like, hey, thank you for taking out the garbage. I really appreciate that, you know, like, uh, some whatever, rather than her saying, you know, like, it's about time you took out the trash, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So words of affirmation, you know, like, <coughs> like be positive um, and tell your person that, you know, they matter or, you know, like, <coughs> you value them in your life and you compliment them and stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds like it actually would have a lot of um, really good like long-term benefits for yeah. a relationship for sure because we always see these little things turn into big things that 
like we all understand are un- unnecessary unnecessary thing to be arguing about mm-hmm. um and it could have just been dealt with so simply if um you, for example she had been like hey thank you oh. so much for doing that by the way <laughs> oh yeah and uh, she thing. came <laughs> she came to gary chapman a couple weeks later and was like he did it he finally painted the nursery after six months of me nagging him well yeah <laughs> because she finally like gave him some positivity towards other things that he was doing yeah and he can use that positivity to uh, motivate him to keep working hard as a husband. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, it was it was really nice. So the next one um, is acts of service, and I actually totally forgot about this one. Um, oops, I flipped past it. <laughs> what? It said I just did. Hold on, I'm sorry. Having some technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. I should have planned this out better. Acts of service. Okay, here we go. Um, so basically, I'm quoting the book here. By acts of service, I mean doing things you know your spouse would like you to do. You seek to please her by se- by serving her, to express your love for her by doing things for her. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, not necessarily, like, painting the nursery, but, you know, like, um, um going out and getting the groceries because she dreads doing the groceries, uh, doing the dishes because she hates doing the dishes. Just like recognizing what you could be doing to make her feel more comfortable, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. But like if she likes doing the dishes and she tells you not to do the dishes because she likes doing the dishes, then let her do the dishes. (laughs) Or like cook dinner or something, you know? Like, like, just put in that extra effort because they're going to recognize that straight off the bat. They're going to be like, wow, this person knows that I don't like washing the dishes. And this so person they took also the doesn't like washing the dishes, but they went out of their way. To make sure I was comfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, really, I like yeah. it. It was really good. Uh, the next one is receiving gifts, which is, you know, um, pretty self-explanatory, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it shows that that person is going out of the way for you and, like, just for example might have saw something in the store while they were picking up groceries and they were like wow i think my significant other would really like this and yeah they thought about you and then they thought that you were deserving of this gift so the next one uh quality time is pretty self-explanatory you know just giving that person your time and energy yeah you know like i guess it's a it's a lot of giving but it's also a lot of like letting that person give to you as well yeah um and the next one is physical touch which is you know self-explanatory you want to be touched you just want to like you know like you know when in that in those movie scenes where um you have this couple and they're just lying down like she's watching tv he's reading a book but he's like has his hand on like her thigh or something like that or over her shoulder you know like that kind of thing you know yeah um but the biggest thing about the five love languages that i learned was um we all have two love languages out of the five and we express how we want to be loved like say if i i don't i don't know i never put much time into this actually uh say if i loved quality time and words of affirmation um i would express to my partner that hey you know like um i want their quality like I'm always asking them to hang out, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm always complimenting them and stuff like that. But they might not want that. They might want receiving gifts and physical touch as their 
Right. Like, so it's kind of like language. learning what yeah. that person's love language is, applying that to how you love them and them doing the same for you. Yeah. So like, it, yeah. Um, so say if my partner re- was like always touching me and like, I, you know me, I don't like to be touched, but like <laughs> they obviously want physical touch. So I would in return give them physical touch. Yeah. You know, no, that makes so. sense. I really like that. Yeah. It's that's like that's, a good read. Yeah. Um, it was very good. It's called The Five Love Languages. I think... It says on the back that it is fifteen ninety nine in the U.S. And I really <laughs> did you hope purchase that, that yourself? That what did you purchase that book yourself? I don't know. I don't know where I it got it. It just showed up. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know where I got it. <laughs> so basically, I read a book, um, not so similar, but kind of on the same wavelength. Um, it's called *Dear Art of Seduction*. I wish I had gotten the author's name, um, but it's a very, uh, like. It's a book that a lot of people know about. (laughs) Um, So basically, the book profiles nine types of seducers, nine anti-seducers, 18 types of quote-unquote victims, and 24 seduction techniques. So basically... I'm really excited to read about... I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, I actually spent the entire day at Chapters reading it because I didn't want to buy the book. (laughs) So I just sat there, and it's a really large novel, too. Oh, my Um, God. But it was so interesting. It was so interesting. And I have, like, a little bit of issue with it that I want to address first because essentially all of the content in the book is... Uh, sourced from manipulation so um, the way he talks about um, these victims of being seduced he talks of them in a way that you would manipulate these people and how you would do it in order to receive their attention and have them fall in love with you you know what this kind of sounds like what the bro code from how i met your mother yeah because it is like a pickup game, right? Well, not like, like the bro code, but the playbook from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, they. a lot of people see this as like a pickup game. Like, these are the way you target these people and you find out who they are and how they can be seduced. And then you find out what kind of seducer you are and vice versa. Like, you know what I mean? And it's kind of strange. But what I find really interesting is, like, just all of the psychology that's put behind it. Mm -hmm. Because clearly, like, somebody went out of their way to do a lot of research about people. And I'm very interested in people. And I think that the way that they function um, when it comes to being seduced is really interesting. So basically, I guess we'll just go over a few of them. There's a lot Oh, you printed it out after. I did. Very organized. (laughs) There's Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Jonathan. (laughs) Um, we won't go through all of them because there are a lot, but we'll go over some seducers first. Um, oh, his name is Robert Greene. Okay, there we go. That's yep. the author, The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. Yes. <laughs> so the first one that he mentions is called The Rake. And it says, a woman never quite feels desired and appreciated enough. She wants attention, but a man is too often distracted and unresponsive. The rake is a great female fantasy figure. When he desires a woman, brief though that moment may be, he will go to the end of the earth for her. He may be disloyal, dishonest, and amoral, but that only adds to his appeal. Unlike the normal, cautious male, the rake is delightfully unrestrained, a slave to his love of women. There is the added lure of his reputation. So many women have succumbed to him, um, so there has to be a reason. 
Words are a woman's weakness, and the rake is a master of seductive language. Stir a woman's repressed longings by adapting the rake's mix of danger and pleasure. So I guess... That's really long. <laughs> this is your stereotypical, like, bad boy. <laughs> like, the guy who has a lot of issues. Like, he's disloyal, he's dishonest, he's unethical, but he has he goes above and beyond to make uh, his victims feel victims. feel wanted. Um, another one is the ideal lover. Um, most people have dreams in their youth that get shattered or worn down with age. They find themselves disappointed by people, events, reality, which cannot match their youthful ideals. <laughs> <laughs> ideal lovers thrive on people's broken dreams, which become lifelong fantasies. You long for romance, adventure, lofty spiritual com communion. The ideal lover reflects your fantasy. He or she is an artist in creating the illusion that you require, idealizing your portrait. In a world of disenchantment and baseness, there is limitless seductive power in following the path of the ideal lover. So this one really targets, this type of seductor really goes out of their way to target um, their victims lust for whatever it may be like and that is blatantly i get uh, like manipulation but in a smart way i guess this person is finding something in their victim that they feel like needs to be fixed or they can achieve for them so they go out of their way to do that um <laughs> this one is one of my favorites. They're called the coquette. The what? Coquette. C-O-Q-U-E-T-T-E. -E. Okay. Um, the ability to delay satisfaction is the ultimate art of seduction. While waiting, the victim is held in thrall. Coquettes are the grand masters of this game, orchestrating a back-and-forth movement between hope and frustration. They bait with promise of reward, the hope of offset physical pleasure, happiness, fame by association power, all of which, however, proves elusive. Yet this only makes their target pursue them more. Coquettes seem totally self-sufficient. They don't need you, they seem to say, and their narcissism proves devilishly attractive. You want to con conquer them, but they hold the cards. The strategy of the coquette is never to offer total satisfaction. Um, imitate the alternating heat and coolness of the coquette, and you will keep the them seduced at your heels so this is the type of person who kind of reels you in and then reels you right the fuck back out <laughs> so, so it is definitely a game with the coquette it's like you are so mesmerized by all of this all of these things that they can offer you but then even more mesmerized by the fact that they can just act like they don't need you at all and that's part of their charm, I suppose. It's like the whole playing hard to get kind of thing, or? Um, I mean, but they do it, I guess so. Yeah. Kind of. But, okay. you know, a much more depthful way. You know what I mean? There's yeah. much more complexity to it. Yeah. Um, and the last one I guess I'll talk about is the star. 
Um, daily life is harsh, and most of us constantly seek escape from it in fantasies and dreams. <laughs> Stars feed on this weakness, standing out from others through a distinctive and appealing style. They make us want to watch them. At the same time, they are vague and ethereal, keeping their distance and letting us imagine more than than is there. Their dreamlike quality works on our unconscious. We are not even aware of how much we imitate them. Learn to become an object of fascination by projecting the glittery but elusive presence of the star. So I guess this is a type of seducer who just makes themselves seem like they're an escape, like they're um, mesmerizing and ethereal and somewhere where you can go and seek fantasy. And that's how they lure people in. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? <laughs> the sun is in my eyes. I know. It's so sunny I'm, outside. Yeah, I'm just holding the book up to my face. I'm just hoping that's gonna. And I, I'm 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 listening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you were getting at? You didn't think I was listening. Well, no, I knew you were listening. You just look like your face is in pain. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's just the sun in my eyes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so. And there are a few of, like, victims that I guess we'll go over. And I hate using that word. I, I, I don't like using that very word unless... But um, I don't really think of a... I can't really think of a synonym to replace it, you know? Prey. The prey. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So we'll talk about... Uh, who will we talk about? The exotic fetishist. <laughs> fetishist. <laughs> Most of us are excited and intrigued by the exotic. What separates exotic fetishists from the rest of us is the degree of this interest, which seems to govern all their choices in life. In truth, they feel empty inside and have a strong dose of self-loathing. Clearly, the way to seduce them is to position yourself as exotic, exaggerate a little, and they will imagine the rest. Since, since such types tend to be self-deluders, Exotic fetish... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fetishists, <laughs> however, do not make particularly good victims. Uh, whatever exoticism you have will soon seem banal to them, and they will want something else. So this is the type of person who seeks something different every time, and they're really hard to keep around. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're looking to seduce somebody for... A short period of time <laughs> till you move on to your next prey. Um, this person <laughs> is seeking something to different. your next prey. <laughs> it seems so strange. <laughs> um, and then there's the aging baby. Oh, yep. Okay. So some people refuse to grow up. Perhaps they are afraid of death or growing old. Perhaps they are passionately attached to the life they led as children. If you desire to seduce this type, you must be prepared to be the responsible state. Oh, one. no. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking, like, when you talk about that? What? Like, the whole, like, sugar daddy, baby girl Pretty much, yeah. I, this, is the, this is the type of person who, they might not, it might not be that type of kink thing. It might not actually be a physical age difference, but, like, the person who's being seduced, aka the aging baby, has a really youthful mindset. Like, they're very stuck in their childhood, and they still kind of need to be taken care of. Um, oh, God. Yeah. So, 
Aging babies can be amusing for a while, but like all children, they are often potently narcissistic. This limits <laughs> the pleasure you can have with them. You should see them as short-term amusements or temporary outlets for your frustrated parental instincts. I don't like that at all. Um, that's a part of the book that I found kind of crude as well. Like, they act like these people are disposable and they're not really humans. They're more so like the psychology behind them. Yeah. They don't actually... They're, these pickup games so you can amuse yourself. Um, I find it fascinating how people are characterized as such and react certain ways to certain things. Um, but I think that you should still be respectful of somebody. You yeah. shouldn't just play these games with them for your own personal amusement and then dispose of these people like they're trash. Like, I don't think that's, you know... Yeah. But, I mean, it's okay to be influenced by, like, seduction techniques um, mm -hmm. when you're trying to seek something. But the importance of uh, distinguishing, like, what you're seeking is so crucial. Because if you use these seduction techniques on somebody and um, they think that they, they become in love with you because of the way that you care for them and uh, the way you treat them but th the whole time you were just kind of looking for a fling yeah then you're a dick <laughs> yep yeah yep so i mean you know what are you supposed to do mm -hmm. <laughs> so these things are like super interesting and i think that yeah like it's entirely possible to uh be fascinated by the idea of the art of seduction, but be careful whose feelings you're hurt, hurting. And I think this kind of brings us into a conversation of the topic of friends with benefits because nah. we, <laughs> it's something that needs to be discussed prior, like most things, I suppose. Like, do you think it's possible to maintain a friends with benefits type relationship? I, for some people, yes, and for some people, no. Yeah. It really depends on the person, I think. And I'm really having a hard time looking at you looking at you because the sun is in my eyes. I know. And <laughs> I really don't want to hold up this book anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I do think it is possible, but not for everybody. Yeah. Because you're doing such an intimate thing together, and... You, you know like it's it's such a it has like like sex has such a connotation that it's romantic it's between two people who love each other yeah. and stuff like that so one of you is going to end up getting feelings for the other or you're both going to have feelings for each other or what have you so i don't necessarily think it's always going to work out but like if it just so happens that say like this one person is extremely busy with their life and they only have time to hook up with you every now and then mm -hmm. and that's your friends with benefits and then the and the other person is the same way then i think it could work out that way yeah but you know when you spend a lot of time together when you talk all the time i think it becomes more than friends with benefits really quick i think that like yeah it totally depends on the person and if they're capable of handling that like i know that Personally, if I thought the person um, 
had a lot of really good qualities about them. And I thought they just were like somebody that I like <coughs> to spend time with. Um, but we had a friends with benefits scenario. I don't think that I would be fully capable of handling it because I fault for people really easily. And I think that that would lead into some complications if it was addressed by both of us that we didn't want anything more from the beginning. Um, I think that if I was having sex with someone who was an asshole mm -hmm. and I knew that I wasn't really attracted to any of the qualities about them or most of them anyways, and I didn't really like spending actual time with them, like talking, then I think that I'd be able to handle a friends with benefits situation because yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't feel like I would accidentally fall in love with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do think people are capable of doing it. And I don't like the stigma of like, um, like that you can't. I don't like that people say that there's always some tie between sex and love because I think there's a perfectly bold line and it's your choice whether you want to blur that or not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's not your choice, but I think people are capable of having them separate. Sometimes you just happen to fall for somebody and it gets really complicated. Um, and that's really out of your control. But I feel like if you want to have sex with somebody and you don't want a relationship because you don't have time or you don't like the person, then, you know, proceed. <laughs> I feel like friends with, with benefits also doesn't really last all that long. Yeah. Because, like, you're there, you're doing it for, like, a short amount of time, like, probably, like, three months or something yeah. like that. Until example. you, I guess, either A, like, find somebody. Or you, or it's no longer convenient or something yeah. like that. Or you guys just, like, really, I just don't want to do it anymore. And I feel like, I feel like Friends with Benefits doesn't really last. Yeah, because, you know? I mean, in the case of you having a Friends with Benefits scenario, then I think that there likely isn't a spark there to begin with. Otherwise, yeah. you'd probably be dating each other. So... Uh, if there's no spark holding you on, then it's likely that it will fade out. I mean, if you're really desperate for sex <laughs> and they're just around every now and again, you can't even barely, you can barely call that a friends with benefits scenario because you guys aren't even friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Oh, the sun is, was like just covered up by cloud. <laughs> Good. But I still need to hold this book up to my face. <laughs> Um, that actually kind of covers your half of the sleep on it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So I guess you'll ask me when we yeah, get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, But, uh, you found an article. Oh, yeah. I should definitely pull that up. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Ashley found an article, um, from Bustle called How to Tell the Difference Between Love and Lust. And, uh, she wanted to, uh, touch on that. I thought it was a really good read. Like, I... I thought it was interesting because it's from it's according to experts. Oh, um, so you usually don't find this. Yeah. So the first one they say is you have meaningful conversations. Um, so according to a licensed clinical professional counselor and relationship therapist, um, if you're finding a deeper level of communication, there's probably love there when there's depth to the relationship beyond just physical attraction, that is a good sign that there is love. You are able to have meaningful conversations, discuss your dreams for a relationship, learn about each other's interests, and explain ba family background. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. that makes sense. 
the issue I have like with these types of things is they're so vague, first of all. <laughs> but um, because I mean, everybody's situation is a little bit different. Yeah. But what I always think about is like, what what's gonna happen if you end up falling for your initial friends with benefits? Like, where are you supposed to take that? Because I've had that happen to me before, and I just never knew if it was a smart idea to tell them and then risk breaking off the whole uh, situation. And I guess it boils down to if you value that friends with benefits, and them as a friend, I suppose, more than you value um, having them as a partner. Yeah. Um, the second one is you're excited by them only sexually. If you find yourself romantically and sexually excited by them and have no interest in the emotional and other non-sexual aspects of the relationship, then it is likely just lust. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't be dating that person. Yeah, do not date the person who is just focused on having sex with you because there's so much more complexity to... I do want to. I do want to quickly just mention the difference between, like, falling out of love and into lust or like falling from lust to love because it is a thing it is possible to fall out of love but you still like you know crave those like physically yeah yeah so i i do think it is possible to fall out of love with somebody but you're you're you still lust for them you know yeah i think it definitely goes both ways and Mm -hmm. both are very like equally as tricky because um, you say you fall into love with somebody that you're just sleeping with and it becomes a matter of do you want to risk losing what you have with them Yeah. Um, for something that could be t- potentially really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the situation of, well, do I tell my partner that I've had a monogamous relationship with for years that I'm no longer in love with them and I'm just sleeping with them? Like... <laughs> That's also incredibly tricky. So Yeah, I feel like that could bring up a lot of potential problems. Yeah, but I feel like at the end of the day, you should try to determine what you value the most mm-hmm. and make base your decision off of that. Like, if you value this person that you're sleeping with um, in a romantic way and you would risk it all to be with them mm-hmm. because you love them, then, I mean, yeah. I don't think there's a question anymore. Mm-hmm. You do what you got to do. Um, you're still invested in them even with bad sex. If you're suffering uh, to have a sexual chemistry with your partner or you don't like his or her style in bed but you still <laughs> want to stay with them for a slew of other reasons, it's likely because you love them. Um, love is a connection that is deeper than just sexual attraction. It's emotional and even intellectual at last even when you may be struggling to connect sexually with your partner. I think that um, if you love that person and you're with them for reasons other than sex, you can also communicate with them on what you like in bed. So you can improve on that and love them even in the bed. I was just about to say that. I mean, even if you think your partner is not good in bed, that doesn't mean they can't be. Like, nobody is genetically... Yeah, you're not... It's not in your genetics to have good sex. Like, it's something that you work on, you practice, you communicate with them and tell them what they're doing wrong or what isn't working for you, should I say, um, and have them adjust what they do to please you and maybe vice versa, you know? Yeah. 
Um, four, you have fantasies about them. Lust is typically chemical, primal, and strongly physical. It usually involves idealization and fantasy about the person. Um, love tends to be calmer and quieter. It takes more time to grow and feels much more like an emotional and psycho psychological bond than a chemical or physical one. I don't necessarily agree with that one. Because, yeah. like, you know, if you're in love with somebody and, like, I don't know, you haven't seen them in a few days or a few weeks or what have you, you're going to be fantasizing about them, you know? Yeah, I think that initially, especially when you start to fall in love with somebody, when things are still fresh, of course you're going to think about them and fantasize about them, about mm -hmm. how much you love them. I don't think that that means that you that you just have lust for this person. I think that means that you're thinking about them a lot. Yeah. And you can, I think that you can have emotional and psychological bonds, but also have chemical and physical ones. Yeah. And, and they exist simultaneously. I don't think that it has to be either or. Mm -hmm. um, the next one, you're obsessive. Uh, lust at the early stages of a relationship involve the addiction center of your brain, which is fed by the hormones that surge through you each time you see or think about the object you desire. Um, if you are continually looking for a fix of your partner, then you are probably still in the lust phase. If you can go some time without contact and aren't continually thinking about them, you've moved into love or attachment phase. Isn't that kind of just like the honeymoon phase? Pretty much. I think that that is a honeymoon phase, like, scientifically explained, basically. Because, yeah, of course you have lust for that person at first, and you're constantly thinking about them, and you're a little bit obsessed with what they're doing. But mm -hmm. I think you know it's love when uh, things start falling into place, and you're not so worried about whether or not that person loves you back, or things are just a lot more quiet and, you know... Yeah. Yeah. There's trust. Mm -hmm. Six, you feel grounded around them. Love is deeper, is a deep grounded feeling. Love is layered. You take the whole package when you love someone. You want to get to know them. You care about them and care for their well-being, says a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, in general, you'll be more interested in peeling back those layers. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, yeah. if you love somebody then you want to get to know them I mean, even if you don't love somebody you still might want to get to know them mm -hmm. but you'll find out if you love them when you peel back those layers seven you're doing more couple things <laughs> by the time love happens couples are usually moving in together buying a house moving up the career ladder and thinking of kids Whoa. so they have a lot more stress happening in their lives um which helps to kill or slow down lust um so yeah i guess I think what this article is implying, though, is that love and lust can't exist simultaneously. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's always necessarily the case. Yeah, me Because, either, like, you think. can still, like... I, I'm going to make another How I Met Your Mother reference, but, like, Lily and Marshall uh, were together, I think, for, like, 13 years by the end of it. Um, that's probably wrong, but um, <clears throat> they were, like fiercely in love and fiercely in lust with one another yeah they were like moving up in their careers and stuff like that yeah, yeah they were thinking of children but there was still a lot of like passion and i guess yeah like lust in their relationship but know? by definition would lust mean that love couldn't exist with it like the but 
I don't know. I, Are you Googling that right now? I am. Yeah. Um, just to be more precise, because, I mean, maybe they can't exist with one another. Oh, well, it says here that lust just means a very strong sexual desire. So clearly, yeah, lust and love can exist simultaneously. And I think that's what makes for, like, a really healthy relationship with someone, yeah. depending on your circumstances, I suppose. But for, for a me situation, I would think that I would want both to exist together simultaneously to make for the ultimate mm-hmm. relationship where we're both pleased, you know? Yeah. So I think that you can still have a bunch of sex and, like, be really passionate um, but still do those typical couple things, like moving together and be business people. Have and babies. Yeah. What? <laughs> Eight, uh, you're focused on getting what you want. Here's a key difference. Lust is about getting what you want, um, while love is about enduring the relationship and giving on to your partner. Explains an author and relationship coach. Um, think about where your mind is, and it'll determine whether you're feeling love or lust. Um, I mean, I guess, but I don't think so, like, at the same time, because I think that lust does mean, like, fulfilling your own sexual desires, Mm -hmm. but I think that, in turn, (coughs) the other person is fulfilling their own sexual desires as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that you can care for yourself and still care for other people, like, um, yeah, I don't think that... Uh, you should be caring any less about yourself when you start, um, when you become, uh, when you have a relationship with somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's important to put yourself first at points. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Nine, you don't feel safe to open up. (laughs) It's me all the time. All the time. If you feel safe to share your feelings in your relationship and you feel accepted despite your flaws, it's likely love. If you feel (laughs) you can't, or don't want to share your feelings and be emotionally vulnerable in your relationship, it's likely lust. Ah, that's so funny. Why? Because that's just entirely me. That's so me. I am. I. I don't remember the last time I've ever opened up to somebody other than you. Yeah. Are we in love? Actually. <laughs> 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 I always knew we'd fall in love over this podcast. <laughs> Pardon? I said I always knew we'd fall in love over this podcast. Aww. Very cute. Cute. <laughs> and, and like we bond with the podcast, you know, while with like yeah, planning and not watching baby. New Girl and stuff. Yeah. This is our child. <laughs> <laughs> I love Anyway. <laughs> so chances are I'm going to be in lust in every single one of my relationships. Well, that's I not entirely up. true. I feel like, have you, did you, have you ever felt the feeling of actual lust, like just being so passionate about somebody, and then like, but strictly physical, like just wanting mm-hmm. to have sex with them all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm nodding my head. Yeah. Okay, well that's a good first step because that's a great feeling. Like it feels it really good to be in lust with someone. Soon. Like it hasn't Recently. happened lately, but yeah. like, yeah, in the past. Um, but you haven't. Uh, do you feel like you haven't felt love? Or love this and lust simultaneously. This I just want to know. Getting, like, really deep. I just want to know. Can you repeat the question? So, have you ever felt love <laughs> from a significant other? That is. Um. I think. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. But have you felt them both simultaneously? In like a honeymoon type phase, yeah. Okay. I feel like I've experienced both separately, but never together. And that's ultimately what I want. Um, so, I mean, still looking. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, in the past, I've definitely experienced what it feels like to feel love. Um, and to just, like, genuinely care for somebody and, like, you know, trust them. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't been that same lust. And then I've had lusts with people and then I haven't. Um, I just it didn't happen to fall in love with them in the process. So yeah, I, yeah, I feel like they can exist simultaneously and they can exist together. I guess it's just up to whatever happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that moves us into our sleep on it section. Oh, segment. that was it for the article. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you already answered the sleep on a question. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So. What do you do? You think you're capable of having a friends with benefits situation? I do think I'm capable. But I, I do think I'm capable of having a friends with benefits situation. However, I don't see it lasting. Okay. You know, I don't. I don't see it lasting for more than like. Do you think it months. would be a good thing for a friends with benefits situation to last a long time? Um, that's debatable though, because like, either like after three months, you either start developing feelings for this person. Or you don't see it going anywhere else, and it's no longer convenient, and then it's time to just out the door. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, ideally, I'd, I'd want to fully experience what a friends with benefits situation felt like. Um, I mean... With a friends with benefits situation, though, there's also the whole, like... Do we get each other gifts for Christmas and Valentine's yes. Day? Like, it's so complicated. Like, yeah, because then you also have to have that discussion with that person. And, and then they're going to be like, well, why did you bring that up? You know that we're just fucking. And then it's like, well, we're also friends. So And I get my friends things for Christmas. So, it's yeah, it's kind of tricky and weird. And, like, if you are to get something for that person, do you get them something that you would give? A, a boyfriend. S- yeah. Or a girlfriend. Or a do you get them something that you would get a friend? It's really yeah. tricky and weird, I feel like. But I feel like if you're capable of having those conversations with these people that you're sleeping with, which you should be, you should be having mm-hmm. conversations with the people you sleep with, um, you can definitely work out an arrangement that works for you both, I'm sure. Yeah. If both people are mature, yeah, I think it's yeah. a whole lot less complicated. I feel like teenagers and, teenagers and friends with benefits situations doesn't really work out. Yeah. Because, you know, you're still growing as a person. Yeah. You're not really all the I mean, there yet. It, it, it can, but you need to take care of yourself. Like, you need to not get hurt or try your yeah. best to not get hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I guess that's it for from us. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening from whatever streaming service you so desire. Uh, remember, <laughs> remember that if you want to shake things up, we are now on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. We're also working on getting on Spotify, but we should hear back from that soon. Uh, don't forget to like, follow us, and share us on our social media accounts. We are Pillow Talk, the letter N-T, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And don't forget to tune in next week for something new. This has been Margaret. And I'm Ashley. 